Hi friends, I'm Momi, your host. And I'm Hina, your other host. This is a show where we unpack our trauma through movies and television. You know, like adults. We've been best friends for 10 years, so there's a lot of trauma. Every episode, we give unfiltered advice to fictional relationships, romantic, platonic, or otherwise. You get all the satisfaction of spilling tea without any of the consequences. It's like a Tumblr fever dream, circa 2009, we promise to keep our use of the terms ship and OTP to an absolute minimum. This is Parasocial. Hello, Parasites. Hi, how are you? I hope that you're doing well. I hope you're all doing well and you're staying safe. Yes, you're you're out there planning your summer. Mm. You're getting excited for the end of winter. Yeah. You're... Making Valentine's Day plans. Ooh, making Valentine's Day plans. If that's, that's your true. Vibe. Okay, well, yeah. Momi. Huh? Are the floor is open. What are your oh, Valentine's Day plans? No idea. But give me like an approximate. What's your desire? He doesn't listen to the show, so it's safe. This is true. This is yeah. true. I don't want to do anything that's like fussy. Sure. I think I just want a night in like we cook dinner together. Okay. And we like watch a movie or like play some board games. Oh, I would like a board game night. Okay. That's what I want is like we we play some board games. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's a nice plan. Yeah. We're collaborating on Valentine's Day. So we're mm. going to discuss what we both want to do and find a happy medium. That's valid. That's so, valid. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'm flying to Hawaii, so. Right, yeah. Like That's there's... my Valentine's Day plan. Right. Boom. <laughs> Have you decided, like, what you're going to do? Like, I know um, we were talking about you, like, taking him to the beach and, like, doing a picnic. I mean, we get in, like, at, like... 12 30 in the morning on valentine's day jesus christ so i that's uh, in the mix <laughs> you know yeah the jet lag <clears throat> and the timing and all of that yeah um i'm certain will be a part of it mm-hmm. i also have to like pick up the car that i'm renting that day so Got there's it. some like you know some logistical logistics things. and things that have yeah. to be done yeah, yeah yeah um i am thinking about like taking him to dinner oh okay um I love that like it's you making the plan. Sure. Well <laughs> <laughs> No, I know, but I love yeah. that. I love that you're just like, no no, I got it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like what What are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, well no, it's it is I mean it does in this particular instance it makes way more sense because yeah, like, you're going to my home. Yeah, it's like, your hometown. Do, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. On... You don't know exactly. where anything is. <laughs> you don't know what the fuck to do, yeah. Yeah, Fair I, enough. I'm thinking a dinner. Yeah. Like a nice a nice romantic dinner. Yeah. I there's so many restaurants to choose from. Oh my god, yeah, there's um, so many. And I'm like, do I want to take you to like a I don't know, there's just so many options. You could do like one of those uh well not the catamaran ones, but there's like the dinner cruise ones. No, I think I wanted to take them to like a place with like good food. You know what I mean? Like I'm no, not I... saying that you couldn't get good food on no, a catamaran. No, 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 sure. I think that there's a couple of good ones though. I don't know. Never mind. Maybe. Yeah. Then the the other thing is that like right then I'm actually making Valentine's Day reservations, which can be so stuffy in a restaurant because it's literally packed to the fucking brim. That's true. And if I want to do that, I probably need to make reservations like now. Now. So I don't know if that's like really practical in the grand yeah, scheme of things. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, so it might be just like get some poke, go to the beach, watch the sunset. I think that's like, well, that's also just his vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just really. Yeah. 
not stuffy. Fun. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. so at some to- at some point on the trip we'll go on like a romantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dinner type situation, but it probably won't be on Valentine's Day. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out like I don't know what Peter is surmising. Yeah. I don't know. He said he wants to like we he we want to collaborate, but he's like I'm going to still mix in a surprise and I'm like how what? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he could, like, like get you a special dessert, or he yeah, yeah, could, yeah. like, get you a special present. That's true. I don't think I'm giving any gifts on Valentine's Day. Yeah, I'm not, I can't afford to give any gifts right now, so he's, I am the gift. Yeah, it's fair me. enough. <laughs> you know? That's it. Put a bow on baby. me. Okay. <laughs> Fuck, we really oh, went a down li- a little bit of I hope that was exciting to hear oh about my God, wait, plans that aren't even solidified that might not happen, just theoretical. Hmm, what are you thinking <laughs> hmm, about what do you the think? idea of Valentine's Day? I also love our just our tone in that whole talk conversation. Yeah. Have you ever heard two women like less excited for fucking Valentine's Fuck Day? Fuck it. Who cares? Literally who cares? <laughs> um uh, there are far more exciting things. This is very true. Um, you know what's you know what's exciting? Life. Huh? The movie we're talking about today. That's true. You know, it's also exciting. What? Our housekeeping. Oh, yes. You do that. You do that. Um, as you know, right, if you are an avid listener of the show, you know, you know the housekeeping. You can skip forward if you heard it a million times. But if you haven't, or maybe even if you have, it might, it always sounds a little a different. A reminder never hurts. Um, if, if you enjoy the show, mm-hmm. as we always say, you know, Tip us with your review on iTunes. Say, Haley's, here's a little tip. Yeah. It doesn't cost you anything. Mere minutes oh and God. taps of your thumb. Gives us Go so on much iTunes. Joy. Go on Spotify, wherever you listen, rate, review, and subscribes. It drives. Subscribes? Subscribes. Subscribes. Subscribe. Subscribe. No S. Bah. Subscribe. Uh, it drives us up the charts and gets people to listen. Yeah, uh, yeah, if yeah. you like it, share it with your friends. Put it on your Instagram stories. Tell your grandma about it. We always circle back to the idea of the grandma. Yeah, uh, exactly. Tell your grandma about it. Follow tell, us on all yeah, the socials. Your cousins, on, your sister. Yes, anybody that you're the even guy, vaguely the guy you're dating, to. The girl you're dating. Yes, go on 23andMe. Tell all of your cousins on Ancestry.com <laughs> to listen to the show. Send the link out Send into the Send the link ether. out. Yes, into the world. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ParasocialAngst. And send us an email parasocialpodcast at gmail.com thank you for coming to housekeeping thank you Hina and now mommy now you can tell now I can tell us about, about the movie yes okay, even though you're reading the title and you already know what it is but right let us live you're welcome <laughs> crazy rich agents ooh da, da, da. the blockbuster of 2019 was it 19 I think yeah so. yeah yeah 2018 or 2019 I think hold on hold on hold on 2018 2018, a blockbuster hit in 2018. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, in case anyone forgot, yeah. Also, go watch this movie before mm-hmm. you listen. But if you're just here, here's the Cliff Notes version. Yeah. All right. So it's about this this couple. Their names are Nick Young and Rachel Chu. Hey, played by Constance Wu and Henry Golding, the absolute fucking snack. Oh, he's such a snack. She's kind of a snack too, though, in a cute way. Like I. Yeah. She's cute. Yeah, sure, no, she's she's certainly cute. I've heard some bad things about Constance Wu. Um, I've heard, yeah. Throughout mm-hmm. the pandemic that she, you know what I mean? I don't know if that's true or not. I've never been on a movie set and I've never met her. So she could be a fucking sunflower. Right, yeah. 
but I've heard some some not nice things about the way that she treats have, the staff. I've, yeah, I've heard some stuff too. But in this movie, she seems to be a sweetheart. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 She's. Yep. Yeah. And so she's an economics professor at NYU. Teaching game theory. Teaching game theory. Yeah, very interesting. And she and Nick have been dating for a little over a year. And it turns out that Nick's friend is uh, getting married. And he's getting married back in Singapore where his family lives. Mm -hmm. And so he's inviting Rachel to come with him to go to Singapore. It's the big meet the family. It's the big meet the family moment. Yep. And the thing is, is that Nick's family are the richest people I've ever seen. Ever. <laughs> Just ever. They are so filthy They're rich. They're swimming in diamonds. Yes. They are. Crazy rich. Marinating in gold. Oh my God. Their, their, their pussies are platinum. It's Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like they go on shopping sprees and then like, it's like 1.2 mil and it's like yeah. a drop in the fucking pond. Yes. Like, yeah. They spend in one shopping they... trip more than I will ever make in my entire lifetime. Yeah, exactly. And so, just stupid rich. But Rachel has zero idea. And basically, they go to Singapore. Nick is, like, putting hints out that, like, he's kind of more wealthy than he's he's led on their entire fucking relationship. And in the plane, like, they have a small conversation. And basically, she gets there. She meets the family. The family disapproves because she doesn't come from money. She doesn't understand their lifestyle. She's poor. And uh, just when she starts to make some headway with Nick's mom and kind of just try to fight back a little bit against their judgment of her, Mm -hmm. his mom discovers through a private investigator that her mother lied about her father's death. Her father is alive, but she was not her mother's husband Mm -hmm. and that her mother's husband was abusive and she ran away from him when she got pregnant. From Rachel's actual father. Yep. And so. Scandal. It's the Singaporean scandal of the year. Right. And so Nick had proposed to Rachel. And now basically the family was saying, you can't be with her or don't come back. What? You can't be with her. And if you want to be with her, don't come back. What? Yeah. No. <laughs> yes. The grandmother was like, if you do this, like if you go after her. Oh, yeah. In the big don't fight. Come back. In the big fight. In, in the, the big, big fight. fight. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, they're telling him to make a choice. Right. And Nick ends up choosing Rachel. Yes. And uh, eventually. Uh, then he proposes to her. Then he, Yeah. Then yeah. he proposes to her and the family comes around. Yeah. 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 In, in short, <laughs> boy and girl meet. Boy has kept secret. Boy is rich. Girl is like, oh no, please like me, family. Family says, no, you're poor. Go away. And she's like, oh, but wait. And then she's like, fine. And then the boy's like, if she leaves, I'm going to be sad. (laughs) (laughs) And and then uh, they end up together. You've seen it a million times. Thanks. You know this Thanks movie. Thanks so much. Honestly, I felt like that was one of my better and more concise <laughs> summaries, and I don't appreciate Well, I can, no matter what you say, I can still make it more concise. Thanks <laughs> so much. I was doing my best this morning. I would like you to know. 
doing my fucking best. Uh, obviously, there's some things that are groundbreaking about this film. I think we can save kind of the representation for the end because I think that there's a lot of like different ways oh, that yeah. we can kind of take that. But it is the first studio film set in modern day with an all Asian cast since 1993's Joy Luck Club. Have you ever seen that movie? No. Very good film. Really? Very good film. It is, ironically, kind of has themes of Mahjong in the way that we get at the end of this film, right? Like, uh, yeah. she professes her game theory and the way that she, like, kind of has her big standoff with the mom is that she beats her at a game of Mahjong. Right. And that is kind of the through line of the Joy Luck Club. It's these right. kind of, like, elder women sitting around a table and all of their hopes for their daughters and they had like grown yeah. up together and like over the mahjong table they learn stories about their their parents and like mm-hmm. all their aunties um, oh. and it like basically goes back in time and you see them and like what like led them to america and some of them are like these love stories and some of them are tragedies and some of them are whatever and so it kind of like huh. goes like forward and backward back in time and okay uh, well add that i'll add that to my list very good movie okay okay and it also is kind of like a throwback to the older like one percenter rom-coms of Mm. the decades past that we just don't really get anymore but was kind of always present in like kind of like big blockbuster rom-coms right it's always some someone from the wrong side of the tracks falls in love with a a right. rich maybe not this rich but like yeah. well-off family that's kind of the formula for a rom-com yeah in the last 20 years that we don't see anymore because you know eat the rich right um, yeah, exactly. but this was just like unapologetic wealth porn it was oh my god it was it on un- the wedding can we talk about okay. that fucking wedding for a <laughs> moment what the fuck? So, You're gonna have a fucking what is that? Like a rice? Like what? A rice? Like a rice patty? Like the the mom was like, "Are we in a patty right now?" When when Nick's mom walks in, oh, she's like, "Are we in a rice patty?" <laughs> I don't remember that line. No, it was like she didn't say rice patty specifically. She said patty, but oh, I patty. watched it yesterday, so it's very fresh in my mind. But uh, because I didn't think of it like that. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't even think of it as one until she. Until I heard her say that, I thought it was just like a, like a lagoon vibe. Yeah, I mean, I I, just, I literally don't even remember that line. I remember watching this movie in theaters with our friend Jonah, and there's right the moment when the water comes down the oh aisle my God. and she steps barefoot into it. Yeah, both <laughs> both me and our friend were like, <gasps> <gasps> but like unironically, <laughs> and everybody. <laughs> theater is like laughing and we were looking around like how dare you i was i was literally so genuinely taken i was like oh my god gorgeous groundbreaking trendsetter i the idea of like walking on water on my wedding is intoxicating i would love i can't eat oh god just right, even right now, God, I'm just getting. Are shivers. you gonna come right now? Am I right gonna now, watch you come. I it's at the thought of this wedding. <laughs> I'm gonna come. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. Um, do not come. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just was so. Oof. There is something that's like really satisfying about. It's kind of the same, very different movies, but the same thing that you feel when you watch Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Just the unapologetic, just debauchery. Yeah. It's satisfying to watch. Like, to, it is, yeah. To not have it be moralized, right? In a way, you can just, like, enjoy how disgusting it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just in your own filth, in the darkness. Yeah, no, 100%. 
just jerking off to diamonds. Oh, fuck Sometimes yeah. you just want to. You know what I mean? Yeah, Gee, now are you going to come? <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, that that scene, it's still, it. I watched it yesterday and it still shook me. Oh, I was so I shook. It. I Well, in the sense of like. It's I, ugly dress, but. Uh, yeah, it wasn't about the dress. Yeah. The the way they did like her. Oh, her no, legs. yeah. Yeah. Like a little mermaid. Yeah. With those like gold scales, it's like okay, bitch. Yeah, swim, I mean, get swim. it, bitch. Like, obviously, yeah, you're yeah. really trying to like under get... the sea. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a whole new. World. Oh wait, that's the wrong movie. <laughs> Part of your world. There we go. <laughs> well, that's it. They both have world in it. It's an easy mistake. Okay. Sure. Well, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> they both have the word "world" in it. One of the more basic words of the English vocabulary. It's used to describe. We don't gotta go live. into this right yeah, now. Fair enough. But yeah. And so, let's talk a little bit about Rachel and Nick, though. Oh, yeah. And how you would react if your boyfriend suddenly was filthy fucking rich and hid it from you and even used your Netflix password for the last year. Yeah, that was interesting. There was... I'm like, do I want to talk about this here? There was some throwaway lines right in the beginning, right, that that Rachel used to editorialize, I guess, what she thought. Nick's net worth was right. He works out at like a dirty YMCA. We're led to believe he uses her Netflix password, right? Yeah. right? So she's surmised that he's frugal and is middle class, if not lower middle class. Mm-hmm. And she's very wrong. And like you're right, yeah. If you if you were together with somebody for a long time, I don't know. Here's what's hard: money makes the world go round. Yeah, we're all gonna crash and burn in the near future but as of right now right yeah it certainly can help you to overcome your lot in life and yes i am not an asian american woman but i am a minority mm-hmm. and i had a single mom and yeah. i had to work for everything that i have and if i could date someone who could make life easier for me mm-hmm. shit yeah same no complaints you know what i mean how how could i even be upset my guy uh but i would like okay let me let me just i'd be upset in in theory i'd be upset in theory i'd be like really mad right i know but inside right i'd be like so self-righteous right like how dare you lie to me me. about your your true self you should know that i love you for you right i love you for you like why would money matter yes but inside i would be so satisfied that "Hmm, i passed the test (laughs) and i didn't even know it i didn't even know that i was taking a test and i fucking aced it i fucking aced that shit (laughs) I do love blindfolded a bitch. For you. Like, and I will and... now take my penthouse suite. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Fuck yes. <laughs> Fuck yeah. A hundred and ten percent. To accidentally fall in love with the prince. Oh my god. Oh my, Just my lord. Luck. Give that to me, please. I do think here is my, and we'll get into this. I think later, based on the sequel that we've chosen for today. But I do. I am curious, right? Like over time, right? Because Rachel in this film, Rachel has just found out and she's on the whirlwind trip. She's trapped in another country. So she's kind of got to go with it, right? Mm-hmm. And as of this film, the adversary is tradition, her parents, their disapproval, their difference in socioeconomic status, right? Like yeah. that's the big demon. That's the big boss that they have to overcome. So they're focusing their efforts on that. But there's the smaller, kind of less pressing issues of, I think, you don't really get into it because 
you want I actually want to see more of their relationship in this film. But don't you think that it's kind of like is is Nick not fetishizing poor people by his performance Oof. of lower socioeconomic status? Right? Like what is he getting out of playing at a dirty YMCA and using somebody else's Netflix Netflix password? Right. Like what does that fulfill for him, right? Because it's obviously not a necessity, so I have to assume that it is an active performance, maybe not for her, but for himself. No, I well, I think he has a couple of throwaway lines that kind of speak to it. Yeah. In that he wanted to be anyone other than Nick Young. Yeah. And so doing that performance and and acting as though he was from a lower economic class helped him to shed his identity as Nick Young. Well, his shame. And his shame, yeah. Which is nobody else's problem but yours. Bro. And bringing another person in and also not paying for the Netflix account of a bitch who's a fucking professor who works for her money, you little bitch. Right? Like, oh my God. Just so you can get your rocks off and pretend that you're poor because you jack off to that at night like Bruh. unethical unethical as hell really the netflix password really you can't shell out seven dollars bro that i mean that's the that's the level of like performance that i don't agree with yeah. like i can see like doing doing things that have completely only to do with you right sure. like going to the ymca like right, yeah. maybe you're not buying like Balenciaga, right. right? Like whatever. That's your prerogative. That that's on you and has nothing to do with anyone else. Yeah. But having her pay for shit that you could pay for yourself. Yeah. Ridiculous. So you can not. I'm not saying pay for it for her. I'm oh, just no, saying no. get your own fucking Netflix account, my guy. No. Yeah. It just. It's that shit. Not, I'm not okay with. It's not cute. And I can't imagine that, like... That's what I would... (laughs) That's the thing I would pick a fight over if my boyfriend said, I'm filthy rich. Oh, yes. That's the thing I'd be like, what the fuck is this? Right. Call your therapist, bitch. Yeah, do you, like, slum it with me to get your rocks off? Right. How many times have you jerked off to the fact that I'm poor and I'm paying for your Netflix? How many times? I want a number. Oh, yeah, that one's a toughie. I mean, here, let's let's do a little segue here. This is connected and not connected at the same time. I think that this whole movie is kind of a it's a conversation about wealth and privilege for sure, yeah. but in a a non-committal way, mm-hmm. right? Like we see them bring up ideas of wealth right in the premise obviously in this whole conversation about new money versus old money that yeah. Rachel has with Aquafina. They like they bring it right. up, but they don't follow through. Yeah. And I guess my question is like let's just think about a normal relationship not with a billionaire, right? How do you deal with like one person making more money and another person not Mm, like, like that, that is a normal dynamic. I think that that's a part of what is relatable about this film is that you can see like normal relationship dynamics underneath the opulence, right? You can find relatable through lines. Yeah. You, somebody's family doesn't need to be filthy rich to not approve. Yeah. You don't need to be a billionaire to have an inequality of resources and access. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Whether it's because of somebody's white privilege, whether it's because somebody has a really good job, whether whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And like how do you 
address those dynamics in a healthy way, not doing what Henry, not sorry, not Henry Golding, not doing <laughs> what Nick did, yeah, which is to like circumvent that discomfort. Right. How do you deal with that in a relationship from both directions? You're the person with more, okay. whatever that means. Okay. I think with the person with more, as the person with more, I think it's about being really conscious mm-hmm. about giving, like not trying to perform your wealth to your partner. Yeah. And, but also not trying to perform a lack of it either. Like it, there's mm. a very fine line you have to kind of walk on in that like you can do things for your partner. Right. But like it has to be very much like agreed upon mm. and there needs to be consent around it. Yeah. And you can't just like make grand gestures. Mm. I think making grand gestures is probably not the move because it can make your partner feel like, well, I could you never can't reciprocate. Yeah. They can't reciprocate in those ways. Yeah. I think it's also about not treating them as if they can't do things. Mm. So like taking care of shit. Like a good example of this is when we did the 50 shades of gray episode. Yeah. Right. And like Christian would just do shit for Anna. Right. Sell her car. Buy Sell her, her car. car. Right. He would just like kind of just take over shit because he could. Right. It's, it's, it's moderately easier for him to take care of a problem. And so it just makes sense for me to do it. Even yeah. though you could do it. You could do it. Might it. take you longer or whatever. Right, right, right. But you would take so much longer and it would be harder for you. So yeah. let me just take care of it because I can. I don't want to watch you flounder around. Right. Yeah. And so, but that has everything to do with Christian and nothing to do with Anna. Yeah, his own anxiety is about watching right. her struggle. And or... so I think it's really not doing that shit. Mm. And I think on the other end, it's about... Being, I think if like I was the person who made less, yeah, it's about really maintaining those boundaries of like you can't do this for me, yeah, and I and this is what I can do, yeah, and being super realistic with your partner about what I can do and what I can't do, yeah, and if you're not okay with that, then mm-hmm. this isn't gonna work, yeah, yeah, <sighs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's it, a lot. It's a very it's a balancing act. Mm. It's a balancing act. It also has everything to do, right, with how big that inequality is. Yeah. Right? Right, like, right, right. Yeah. Like, if it's... turned up to the upteenth degree, obviously, right? And you could argue that unless you have the exact same job as someone, one person in the relationship is going to make at least a little bit more. Right. If you're in a heterosexual relationship, guess who's Probably going to be more? the man. <laughs> Probably, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I have never dated a man who's made significantly more money than I do. Right. Um, well, I mean, I mean, if you're working the same job, I was speaking sure. directly oh, to yeah, if you're yeah, working yeah. the same job right. and you're in a heterosexual relationship. It is. Yeah. The guy's making more. Yep. Yep. Because we so, live in a broken system. We live in a broken system. Yep. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I feel that. I mean, um, I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I mean, either way, it still makes sense. Right. Like statistically, yeah. men statistically, make more yes. money. But regardless, we have boss messages in the world. Yeah. Yeah. They exist. I, I don't know what I do. Like. It's hard. I mean, obviously, I'm not rich, so like, um, you know, making more money than somebody else is all relative, right? Like, I still don't have the capability to like do anything meaningful, (laughs) or you know what I mean? Like, like what I can spot us for lunch, like, yeah, it's very low stakes in whatever I'd have access to. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I also didn't grow up with money, so right. Uh, I think for me, it's I find it hard for me not to lean into the the domesticated role of a woman mm. if I'm at a financial disadvantage in my relationship. Yeah, 
So, like, I, I find it hard not to be the one who's always doing, like, the cooking, the cleaning, or the... Mm. Or, like, the logistics of things. Yeah. To try to, like, bridge that gap a little. Yeah. Even though I don't inherently like doing those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not... Your thing. Yeah. I like cooking now. Yeah. And I love baking. Yeah. But, like... The other shit. Well, the the you you're just talking about the role, not that you like don't do the dishes when you have to. It's just right, like, not yeah. something that feeds you. Right, 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 right. Me doing that as like a active service as or as an active service isn't my vibe. Yeah. And so, when I find myself in situ in in relationships where I am at a disadvantage, it's hard for me not to feel like I am obligated to make that my role mm-hmm. to bridge the gap. And it yeah. it's it takes a toll after a while, right? Well, and I I think that that this is this segues into another conversation about consent, right? Like mm. that dynamic can can affect a relationship so much that mm-hmm. you could argue that like it's a violation of Rachel's consent to not tell her the situation with the person that she's with, right? I don't think you need to tell somebody everything. Oh yeah, but, but... I think that 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 is very reasonably a factor in someone wanting to be in a relationship or not wanting to be in a relationship. Yeah. Like, are you down for a resource inequality of that scale? It is very reasonable that someone would be would that somebody would say based on that fact alone, no, I don't want to be in this relationship. Yeah. And the fact that it was hidden, I think it's a violation of her consent. No, I agree completely. Especially since like it does feel like a giant test. Yeah. Right? Their relationship feels like a giant test that she had to pass. Yeah. That was the are you a gold digger test. Yeah. And it it's you know, I it's uncomfortable. Right. It's uncomfortable. Like I think this whole idea I, and I'm not saying that like women don't like, you know, date for money. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. happens. Sure. Men do too. Yeah, like it's people not people date for money. People date for money. Yeah. And I feel like it's like that idea is still something people just don't get is that well, like... it also further underscores their power inequalities right. the fact that he has the privilege to take her on an elaborate test yes speaks to his fucking privilege yes like hello yeah so i it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. uncomfortable because she doesn't even have a chance to really process a process yeah and then b decide she doesn't want this also here's the thing if she's a if she's a tenured professor at nyu in economics she's mm-hmm. doing fine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she's not by any fucking means a billionaire right if she was a but, like, student she's like if she was a class. student and she was like still figuring out what she wants to do with her career sure yada 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 i feel like that's that is not that i'm saying what nick did was right yeah but it is it would make more sense that he would want to be cautious. Right. He would want to be more yeah, cautious. Yeah, she has a career. But she has a fucking career and she's successful at it. Yeah. So, like, there's none of this, like, mm-hmm. she wouldn't need him to pay off her student loans. You know what I mean? Like, Well, I mean, she probably She probably would. would. But, like, you know what I mean? But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's not like she isn't. She's at- waiting around for a man. Right. And has yeah. not found she's her She's not actively trying to, like, trap someone. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. That I mean that's and that's the the of course in a rom-com you do not have time to get into all of the nuances blah blah no, you blah. Don't. 
you could be talking all day long about that. But I do wish that we actually got more of their relationship because I actually don't know a lot about their love and about their relationship. And it does make the, their overcoming of the odds at the end of the film Mm -hmm. less satisfying Yeah, because I don't get the stakes of like the sadness of like losing this relationship because I don't see them together enough. Right. They spend a huge portion of the film apart. They do. Yeah. Um, and Rachel's getting mean girled and right. Nick is getting bachelor time or whatever. Right, right, right. Nick is having a fucking grand old time. Yeah. But like you don't really see but, their love and yeah. what makes them drawn to each other and and what makes them tick as a couple. Right. I and mean, you have all the throwaway lines of like Nick saying sweet shit to her and Yeah. And like yeah, it it's very basic yeah very basic i also wanted more of her like she's an economics game theory professor right where is that for like most of the movie you see that at the end yeah and i love that scene right when it's a great fucking scene but i think that they could have like like i wanted almost them to like kind of flush out how nick is almost attracted to her because he like subconsciously right like that he she kind of reminds him of his own mother yeah she's a bad vicious bitch and right she's strong and determined and smart right and i wanted to see more of that like her kind of awareness and like game strategy the first scene in the movie right badass badass when she's like dismantling this poor student yeah in this game yeah like badass scene yeah it gives her such like depth and credibility in that moment yeah and then it disappears for an hour and a half yeah and and then we don't see that shit until the very last like one of the last scenes of the movie where she's kicking his mom's ass at mahjong like that's it you get it at the beginning and you get it at the end and in Mm -hmm. the middle Somehow she becomes this insecure, like. I don't uh, think she becomes overtly insecure. No, no, I mean, no, but like she is insecure. Like sure. in that environment, she yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely is insecure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, she, but it, I think it's more of like it's, she never really comes back to whoever that was in the beginning. Yeah. Throughout most of the movie. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind watching her flounder because obviously she's in a crazy situation. Right. But I kind of wanted her to like to be clinging to that identity. Yes. And it yes. feels like she just kind of naturally comes back after a realization, but I kind of wanted to see watch her fight for it in a more meaningful mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. and like I wanted her to I I mean I kind of wanted her to not mean girl them all back, but really like kind of stick it to them. Yeah, like oh, in a satisfying way, mm-hmm, like a montage of like her fucking getting... mind gaming their asses. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like that's what I wanted. I wanted a montage of her kind of like fighting back, fighting back with her tools, right? With her tools, yeah, yeah. What yeah, happens yeah. in it, right? She, she, you have to have a montage makeover scene. It's a mandate in a rom com. That's yes, fine, a hundred percent. And I'm not saying to get rid of it. It was perfectly fine. Yeah. But I I wanted to see her like not just using their tools, but to use her own her own tools, right? right. Like what she has that nobody else does. And it kind of felt like she had to settle for using their tools. Yeah, and I think it would have been way more satisfying to see her 
like to yeah to see her utilize her own skills and experience to kind of beat them at their own game yeah yeah because it is a giant they they're playing a giant game of chess with her oh for sure and it's like hello you do game theory <laughs> queen you're a professor of game theory i'm yeah. not really sure how you're losing this <laughs> there could have been too a whole like aesthetic tie-in mm-hmm. that kind of similar to queen's gambit yes how right they're using the iconography of a chessboard visually to like push the story forward right and you see it from different perspectives from below from above and like it's kind of a device that they use i think that they could have used game theory as a device right because it also matches the opulence of right there could have been like the whole gambling yeah aspect of it or something there that i I feel like could have just pushed it over the edge and still kept with the big block blockbustery thing Mm -hmm. but i think it could have just gave her a little bit more oomph made me want to root for her more i agree I do want to talk a little bit about Astrid and Michael, which is the... Oh, right. The side story. Yep. The cousin, mm-hmm. Nick's cousin, Astrid, and her husband, Michael, who we kind of see as a... There's a, like a mirror to Rachel and Nick. Yep. Because yep, yep. Michael, Astrid's husband, also didn't come from money and he was like in the military and, and he kind of is a self-made man to a certain degree. Clearly... Mm-hmm. Astrid's family's influence, the Young's influence, kind of helped him to build his own company. So right. to say it's 100% self-made would be inaccurate. Yeah. Um, but it looks like the Young's were also disapproving of Michael when Astrid first got together with him. And now they have a son. And we see Astrid, after like a, a day out shopping, ask her housekeepers to hide all of the things that she's right. purchased. And in the beginning, we're not clear, like, why that is. Like, yeah. is the husband really controlling? And we re- we realize that the husband kind of knows that she goes shopping and realizes that she hides things. And so we're unclear, like, what exactly the hiding of the stuff is meant to achieve. Right. But he's aware that she does it. And yeah. it's clear that he's kind of... Also, arguably, the housekeepers did not a good did not do a good job of hiding They were, shit. like, literally just, like, putting it in random drawers. Right, like... <laughs> First of all, if I need to hide shit from my husband, I'm yeah. not asking someone else to do it for me. No. No. Because, first of all, I know him best. I know where he's going to look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be diabolical. I'm doing it my fucking self. <laughs> yeah. And it's clear that like he feels some type of way about her doing things like that, which right. is not hard to understand. Yeah. But you get the impression, as we kind of see them together, that Astrid is trying to protect something an idea that she has about what makes their relationship work Mm -hmm. that clearly isn't grounded in reality because Mm -mm. she's not fooling anybody but she's like committed to the pageantry of whatever it is she thinks she's doing well she's trying to even the playing field right Right. and the thing that she's not getting is that michael will never believe that right that she's trying to do that well michael will never believe that the playing field is equal right and so her doing that is truly just a performance and he sees through it. Yeah. And it's, and what he de- decides in yeah. his own head is that that is her, what is, uh, it offends him, right? So right, like yeah. he blames that 
mm-hmm. for why he's unhappy and why things aren't working is the fact that she needs to perform mm. being being poor or whatever yeah so that she can help him feel more like a man right which only therefore makes him feel like less of a man yeah well it's... they're both participating in his own fragility right oh absolutely like they're both dancing and he, around well, he's also like blaming her for everything right yeah. everything that goes wrong like the fact that their relationship isn't going well the fact that he feels lonely or right. whatever is all her fault and she's supposed to just know and understand his point of view yeah even though he's telling her nothing well and she she ends up finding out that he's having an affair right and kind of does what a lot of women Mm -hmm. um of her archetype in rom-coms do which is just like sit on it for a while like to save face and kind of brings it up in a calm way and that in and of itself is what sets him off right like that you care more about saving face than you care about the fact that I'm cheating on you. And I just want to see any type of feeling from you. Right. Like, I just need you to give a shit. Yeah. And you're just trying to manage this and to mitigate the fallout. Right. And I'm cheating on you. Right. And I just want you to scream or to be angry or something. Yeah. And that I really feel. I do. I feel, I felt that scene from him for sure. But I also get her side of it too. For sure. I get both sides. Like, I well, get... one of my favorite lines of the movie is, I don't know the exact quote, but she's like, I was trying to stay small, so I didn't I didn't make you feel like less of a man, but I realized that I can't make you something that you're not. And I right. said, oh, bitch, oh, yes. bitch. <laughs> but she said, I was like, yes, queen. <laughs> Lay it on him, honey girl. Like, fuck him up. Yeah, no, it, that was a... <sighs> a banger. Oh, my God. That was a banger. Yeah. Um, Sorry, and... what were you going to say? No, no, no. <laughs> fuck. I don't know. Uh, But I think even in the car, right? Like, she's just... I really get it. I get the need for control and Mm. calmness in the case... In the the face of chaos. And betrayal. And betrayal. Like, she... Like, I think in that, it's like, every woman who's been in a similar situation, like, looks at that and goes, nah, bitch, you did the right thing. Like, Mm -hmm. because the alternative is you die. Like, Mm -hmm. bro, I'm gonna, like, I lose my shit and, like, someone's not walking out of this car. Yeah. And it's, it's you. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, um, who are you in a a confrontation situation of that nature? uh, You're confronting a man who has been some type of trifling. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not the calm bitch. Mm. I'm not calm. Well, I'm calm in the beginning. Mm. And then if he decides to act a fool, like, say some shit, like, yeah. uh, you're not reacting, yada, yeah. yada, yada, be like, you want to see me fucking react? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I can fucking react. Well, I mean, we all know the story of, well, not the parasites, you don't know the story, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> um, Wait, what? Date, what you- uh, with my, like, my ex, like. Boom, she said the name. <laughs> oh, uh, oh uh, well, he's sorry. not going to listen to this. Yeah, There's no way it. anyone knows. Fuck uh, it could, yeah, fuck him. Yeah. But anyway, he acted a fool mm-hmm. in the middle oh, of an argument. Yes, yes. That. Yep. And uh, I saw Red. Mm-hmm. And he's alive, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But. If you're wondering what Momi's alluding to, she threw a knife at his face. Yeah. I threw a knife at his face and I nicked his ear. I, I definitely missed on purpose. Yeah. But I lost my shit. Yeah. Really what Momi's trying to say is that she's lucky that she missed, because I want to be clear, Momi does not have that type of aim. <laughs> Listen, you don't know! Yes, I do, Momi! No, you don't! 
Are you are you a skilled marksman? No, but I was aiming so far. I was aiming so far away from. I'm telling day. you that the fact that it worked out is a fucking coincidence, and you can. <laughs> I'm not saying you didn't intend not to to miss. I'm not saying that you didn't. I absolutely intended to. Yeah, miss. I'm, I'm saying that there was intention. I'm saying that your intention and the result literally have nothing to do with each other. Okay, like. Let me feel like a badass for a second. No, I'm saying you can feel like a badass. I'm Listen, I'm saying volatility and badassery are not mutually exclusive. Fine. And you are fucking lucky. I was lucky. But you're not in fucking prison. I'm lucky I'm not in prison. I'm lucky. Also, he had it coming. Oh, for sure. 100% oh, no. had no, no. that shit do coming. Not, do not save had a prayer for this boy. Had that shit coming. He is lucky. Yeah, don't 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 waste any of your of your breath on saying a prayer for this man. I am just also pointing out. <laughs> Neither here nor there. The point is, you asked the question, I fucking answered. So, no, I would not be the calm, cool, collected bitch. I would start off that way, and then if uh... the, he would only need to say, like, it would only take one thing for him to, to set me the fuck off. Yeah, yeah, I have a very I'm a. Hairpin trigger, honey. Yeah. Fair enough. Because I feel like if we're at that place and we're having this confrontation, I've mm-hmm. been through some shit. I've been holding back shit. Yeah. It's festering. I'm... Fair enough. I'm ready to blow. Yeah, I, um... You're scary, calm. You're Astrid. Yeah. <laughs> You're Astrid as fuck. I'm Astrid. I also don't need... my My big weapon in things like this with a man or with anybody else is I get this is shitty I get satisfaction from like you know like people want closure they want like a conclusion yeah I get off on not giving that to you yeah and so not only am I gonna be calm oh Jesus Christ I'm just gonna block your number and I literally will never text you back you will literally never find me. You will literally not have access to me, and I will feel yeah. fucking amazing about it. And know that I'm gonna come up in your mind every once in a while, and you have no fucking way oh, to she... tell me the shit that you want to say to me. You can suck my dick, boo. Goodbye. <laughs> like a ghost in the night. Like a ghost. I will in the pack my night. shit, not say anything. You will never yeah. find me again. Oh my god, dude. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean. Number one, not surprised. <laughs> the exact answer I knew you were going to say. Number two, I don't know which one I would want more if I was the, vic- if I was the victim. Fuck that shit. If the, you were the person that But if I wrong. was the person who was in the wrong, yeah. which one do I want? The one that could actually physically kill me yeah. or completely dismantle my psyche? I want you to think about me for the rest of your fucking life. Right! Like, <laughs> do I want to be, like, <laughs> do I want to go, like, fucking yeah. insane? Yeah. Or maybe die? Yeah, I'm a bitch that would like leave a note on your car. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, no, no return address. I'll just try boo. to fight you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I might try to kill you. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't want to. I I want to prevent you from processing this for as yeah. long as possible. Listen, I come from a from uh from a gra- my my grandma. Like, I I wonder if this is probably it's probably it is why. But my grandma used to tell me stories about like how she like killed a man. Well, she didn't kill him. Uh-huh. It was uh. Arguably attempted murder. Yeah. I mean, she's been, she's passed, she passed away a long time ago. Sure. So there's no way she could possibly get in trouble for this yeah, postmortem. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. She had a, she had an abusive husband. Mm-hmm. He was acting a fool and, a, and uh, was hitting her. And then she find out, she come to find out he was cheating on her mm. and she poisoned him. I love it. 
She poisoned him. As a bad bitch. And he almost died. And when the cops came and the ambulance came, she faked him having beat her and just feigned him, like, not knowing what was going on, completely played damsel in distress and got away with it. God damn it. Yeah. Fuck it up, girl. Oh, my God. I mean, here's the thing. There was no fucking reparations in the 70s for women. Oh, yeah. And so you do what you, you gotta, gotta do. You gotta do what you gotta do. And my Nana didn't give a fuck. I love it. And she she just, she was like, yeah, nope, had it coming. And That's the like, OG. Okay, Nana. So if you want to know where I got that shit from, yeah. it was her. And my mom, too. My mom, my mom found out one of her ex-boyfriends, like, was cheating on her. And he came to, I guess, like, the girl came to my mom's house mm. to try to confront my mom about it. Yeah. Because the girl was convinced that the guy was cheating on her with um, my mom. Yeah, sure. And then the girl- Both was, are true. Both are true, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, he's doing it to you both. Yeah. But I guess, like, she said some shit she shouldn't have to yeah. my mom, calling her a whore and shit. Yeah. And my mom was wearing these Gucci heels, and she climbed on top of the girl's car- onto the hood of the car and just started bashing the window with the heel of with the heel of her shoe and cracking the window open because the girl wouldn't come out and fight her in like a real way. Oh man. Yeah. Anyway, you know, that's my legacy. Here Fair enough. Are. Just don't I mean here's the thing, I can appreciate it. Don't fuck with us to a I certain extent. It. Just don't. We won't, we won't, like, it takes so much. It takes such high stakes. Oh, no, I want you to fuck with me. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it it takes high stakes for, like, the women in my family to get there. But, like, once we're there, don't, just don't do it. We give you so many chances. I feel that. Yeah. I give you none. No. Tina's, like, (laughs) fantastic. Yeah. Did you just? Goodbye. Did you just fuck up? Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is my favorite day. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's uh, Momi's crazy quarter for you today. Yeah. I uh, do. Do we have any closing thoughts before we get into our segment? Um, I do want to say that I think the movie did a good job of embracing the fact that there are that there that stereotypes about like the about Asian communities exist mm. and they they didn't lean into them in like a performing kind of way yeah. it felt all very like intentional and genuine the and, implementation of Asian culture yeah the implementation of Asian culture and like the things in which they believe and how they interact with each other and their expectations for tradition and things mm-hmm. like that it felt all very like grounded in reality in reality yeah mm. And I think Aquafina's character was kind of, and like that whole family. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's been a lot of conversations with about Aquafina and her performative black scent. Yeah. And I won't dedicate the end of this episode to that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the, the thing that I, I find interesting, right. And one, you can, you can, you can push for representation and still be critical of it. Yeah. First of all, yeah, 100%. Underscore that. I do think that it is interesting, right. With this cast, there is like like clearly an ode to whiteness and that yeah. it is interesting and meaningful that many of the main cast members had british accents right yes right this kind of like elevated yeah right yeah, sophistication yeah, yeah. not saying that being british means that you're sophisticated it just is a cultural stereotype right to like kind of 
align them with poshness and yeah. whiteness. And I think that I and I think what I more mean is that like it being grounded in reality is that like I I feel like that that's that's where they're trying to. Oh, you 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 more mean like a meta. Yeah. Like almost like unintentional. Right. Truth to that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right though. I mean, even like I, I'm talking on the edge of my understanding here, but I think even the the idea of the model minority, right, mm-hmm. and how you assimilate and try to like elevate your standing in society, and for so many people, not just for the Asian community, that means yep. creating a proximity to whiteness. Yep. Um, and that is pervasive, mm-hmm. right? In in cosmetic surgeries that are so prevalent in places like Korea in, you know, I mean, even hair treatments in the black community using colored contacts, right. To make your eyes lighter, like every community, every minority community experiences a push to assimilation and a push towards whiteness to be more accepted in society. Being light skinned of literally any community is more elevated um, yeah. black communities asian communities well, we all experience colorism well i also think too right like the movie takes place in singapore yeah right but most of the like most if not all of the cast is chinese chinese or, or some other form of east asian that yeah. ha- that is not native, darker complexion like, yeah 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 it's we, not representative of singapore at all yeah we only see people who we have to, we have to assume are of south asian descent as yeah. the guards yeah. Um. And the people like working in the kitchens and the servants right, yeah. and things. Everyone of a lower economic class. Right. And it's and almost like swapping out like whiteness for f- with an Asian face. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And so I think even in that, right? Like we still have a long way to go, as far as representation goes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not saying that like this isn't a leaps and bounds because I think it is, but at the same time, like. I think the the movie does in its it do, is in itself a commentary on yeah. what people would expect from a movie called C- Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's very much giving you exactly what you would expect, right? And nothing, yeah, yeah nothing no more. discomfort. Yeah, known discomfort. Yeah, nothing, nothing past that. Yeah, very pa- pa- like palatable. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well. Cool. Are we ready for their segment? I think we are. Welcome to Fantasy Sequel, one of our favorite segments. In this segment, it's in the name. What do we do? Momi and I give you our fantasy movie two, our sequel, our season two. Our follow-up, <laughs> even a prequel. There, this is a loose rule when it comes to what this segment is about. Um, what and happens we, next? And we fantasize about what else we'd want to see from this couple, yes. this franchise. Yes. I will go first. Okay. So I'd love to see the sequel kind of show their wedding. Okay. And I think the power struggles that happen once Rachel agrees to marry Nick. Okay. Right, because she gets the blessing of the mom towards the end, and yeah. and we can fill in the blanks as to what that means. Mm-hmm. But we aren't certain about what the expectations are for Rachel after she actually agrees to marry Nick. I agree. And I would be really curious to see Nick's relationship to money and material and 
and mm. kind of like conspicuous consumption yeah, when yeah, yeah. he's around his family. Because I think in New York, right, in their space, in their context, mm-hmm. he can kind of shape his relationship to money in a really performative, conspicuous way. Right. But when he's around his family, right, like it's almost like we're led to believe in movie one that Nick is completely unencumbered by the way that he was raised. Like he's completely unaltered by a billionaire family, which is fucking impossible. Impossible. And so I'm curious in, in movie two Mm -hmm. to watch the ways in which his childhood and his family dynamics and his resource reality shapes who he is and have Rachel get the opportunity to witness that in him. Okay. And I would just like to see more of their relationship in general. Yeah. And I think a flushing out of Mm -hmm. their privilege and power inequalities. Yeah. And just get a real reckoning about what that looks like. And also to see them have conversations about children and what Rachel sees as important and necessary childhood experiences and what Nick sees as important and necessary childhood experiences. Okay. Right? Like, because I think for a lot of people that have struggled or didn't grow up with a lot, it feels necessary for a child to some capacity yeah. to experience struggle as like a means of character development. Mm-hmm. And right. Cause that's what you, that's what you know. Right. Exactly. And I think it'd be interesting because I'd imagine that Nick would not have the same, would not highlight the same necessary experiences as Rachel mm-hmm. would. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I actually, so mine, they, it's, mine starts off with them uh, on their honeymoon mm-hmm. and it's the beginning of their honeymoon. Where are they? And they are, they're in the Pacific. Okay. Somewhere on yeah. an island. Okay. You get the point. Yeah, yeah. They're in the Pacific on an island, and you can just tell that things are not all as they seem. Like they're not, they're not happy. Mm-hmm. They're not, or they're not as happy. Yeah. And you get the feeling that some shit went down at the wedding. Mm. And it's similar to yours in that, like Nick was starting to realize, like how much he like leaned onto his money and his wealth mm. in when he's with his family mm. and how he can no longer maintain the sh- the charade he had of like poorness of poorness with her and so now she- Rachel's realizing all of the expectation and responsibility that has suddenly been thrust upon her and the fame that comes with being with Nick and what that looks like and being constantly scrutinized and needing to play these like these political chess games with his family and and with uh the and singaporean society like high society mm. and basically like she the way that she wants her what that the way that she, they planned the wedding went kind of against tradition and mm. what everyone expected them to do right. like their wedding was wasn't this big affair it was small. It was private. It was not extravagant. And it was very, like, kind of very grounded and down to earth. Mm-hmm. But because of that, there was speculation and talk of it being, like, a rush marriage because mm-hmm. she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And, like, all of these things. So there's all of this scandal that surrounds the wedding. Okay. And basically her and Nick have to really face the reality of what it means to be together 
and he needs to come to terms with the fact that like he can't perform poorness to make her feel better. Yeah. And in the end, it kind of becomes like the the reckoning that Astrid and Michael never had. Mm. And so they finally like it's like a reframing of dynamics. Yeah, it's a reframing of dynamics, and then it turn it ends up where they end up moving to New York after the honeymoon. And they live in New York, but they visit Singapore every few months. Mm. And so they go back and forth between New York and Singapore. And when they talk about children, they talk about how, like, their children will be raised in New York mm-hmm. and visit mm. Singapore. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think we, we came up with similar sequels in that, like, yeah, I think we want to I... see more of the same things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to see more of their relationship and their dynamic and, yeah. like how they're going to deal with this giant elephant in the room. Bitch, he's a billionaire. He's a fucking billionaire. Like, yeah. you can't just ignore that shit. Here's the thing. I think that I would adjust to life with, life oh, honey, with wealth. Um, My God. Excellently. Excellently. I think I just... I would just swoop right on just in, honey. Slither on uh, in. Yeah, and yeah, I might say, ooh, okay. Just, uh, Come on, bubble bath. Yeah, let me have that lagoon for my wedding. Yeah, bitch. Let me walk down my, the aisle barefoot with some Mm-mm. scales on my leg. Here's Come the thing. Here. I wouldn't even resist. I'd be like, <gasps> oh, no. Oh, okay. my God. All right. Are you sure? <laughs> Perfect. <Okay. laughs> Thank you. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. I know. I'm, I I pretend like I would like feel some type of way. <laughs> oh, bitch, I would be thriving i would thrive <laughs> my skin would never look better i know oh my god could you imagine that's the only thing that's hey here's the thing if you want to see how well we'd adjust you should probably talk to your friends about this show yes um we will be your wealth guinea pigs yes i volunteer as tribute yes please and thank you take these these, <laughs> these poor hometown girls out yeah. of their closet and into the big yes, city truly we're out, we're in a closet let's think about that for a second parasites we're in a fucking closet <sighs> Help us. I mean, I think I think you have to be realistic about it, right? And that, like, one, like, eat the rich, obviously. Yeah, yes. And two, like, when you didn't grow up with fucking shit, it's fine to not want to be fucking struggling. Yes. And. That's okay. Like, shit. I don't know how the world's going to end. It's going to happen soon. And I would, <laughs> it's like. It's going to happen it, soon. It's going to happen very it's shortly. It's burning to the ground right um, now. And. I also think it's fine that, like, somewhere in my heart, I think it'd be nice to, like, not, like, have to work all the way up to the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. You I'd know like what I to mean? not do that. Shit. It's Shit, hard out man. here. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard out of these streets. All right. Uh, well, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks. <laughs> um, uh, we covered a lot. We sure um, did. There's a lot of meta conversations about mm-hmm. wealth. Um, and inequality and access yeah, and privilege. Don't forget, though. Eat the rich. Eat the rich. Fuck. Fuck eat, it, man. Eat the rich, and then I want to play to money. <laughs> exactly. Eat the rich, and then give Robin little, Hood give that shit, snack. and give me, give me a little snacky snack. Yeah, some, exactly. Some I'm, dollar bills, A bitch is hungry. <laughs> All right. Well, we All will right. see you next week, Friday, uh, hot and fresh off the press. Hey. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Where are you going? You don't leave at the end of a Marvel movie. Before you do anything else, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr at Angst. You can tell us what you think about the episode, write Hina love letters. What can I say? I'm a Leo. I run on praise and adoration. But you can send Momi your original fanfiction. She lives for that shit. I do live for that shit. But until next time... Have a snack. Call your therapist. As bona fide professionals, we have to give you the disclaimer. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only.
Not to mention that everything we say on this show is a reflection of our own personal views and does not necessarily reflect the views of Daydreamer Network. Precisely. For example, we think Buffy should have ended up with Angel. Daydreamer might be on Team Spike. That's not our business. Listen at your own risk. <laughs>